0: And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio
1: is live from the bunker. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea, conversationalists across the fruited plain, captains courageous, princes of the universe, the people on the wrong side of the tracks, and the ladies who lunch, it's Open Line Friday. How's everybody doing today? Are we all good? Are we all happy and everybody had your cocoa puffs, your Cheerios, your bacon? Ready to go, right? Uh what a what a day. What a week. What a week. Uh so There's been plenty, uh, plenty to talk about this week. If anybody wants to jump in there, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to post the StreamYard link in both Odyssey and YouTube. And it's right there, pinned to the top. So you can jump in here and be a part of the program. Um, It's very much your show today. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jason Hut. I'm the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. And boy, am I glad it's Friday. Uh, I have not been able to upload the audio files to our podcast platform. So those of you who are listening to this, you're going to be catching this much later uh, than anything else. Um... <coughs> I don't know why. I've sent in a tech support ticket. We'll see. But if if you want to listen to this as a podcast when we're able to upload, we're on a number of different podcast platforms. I want to give a shout out to our listeners in Spain and Germany and the UK. And uh, you can jump in the chat if you don't want to call in. That's fine. But you can you can leave your thoughts in the live chat on both sides, Odyssey and YouTube. Uh, and of course you can connect with us on social media and send us an email live from the bunker at sci-fi for me dot com and join our discord we have a discord server so you can uh, you can get into those conversations as well so all right all the busy bits are done <coughs> and I gotta say I this has been this has been a very interesting week. and the news the WDW Pro uh, dropped this morning, uh, he and Valiant Renegade and Paul Chatto talking about it uh, with the with the rumor of potentially uh, Warner Brothers setting up, you know Warner Warner Brothers discovery getting set up to be sold in a few years. That's a new one. Didn't have that on my bingo card, but again, my bingo card. Is fill in the blank. So there's that. Um, we have the we had the Disney earnings call. We've got the Star Wars rumors. This that, uh, that WDW dropped on Sunday. We got this stuff. We got Star Trek Picard having their their premiere last night out at Man's Chinese Theater, and we have uh, a lot of reviews that are starting to drop. I've only seen one negative one, and that's from Engadget. <laughs> Everybody else. Everybody else seems to think that this is a much better iteration of current year Star Trek than anything else that we've gotten. So I don't know. I have not received anything to indicate we're going to get access to screeners. So I'm probably just going to have to go and and roll with it one episode at a time, like everybody else, because <clears throat> we're not special. I apologize for the uh, the continued whatever this is. I don't. I don't know. Um but we're going to get in here. Uh Cam says I'm not sure how I can watch season 3 of a show that's horrible and enjoy it. Well, see, and that's that's the question. Is is it <coughs> I mean, season 1 of Picard was crap. I did not watch season 2, but everything that I'm seeing about season 3 says that it's Almost uh, almost a completely different show. And people who have been critics of Kurtzman Trek, who've been critics of Bad Robot Trek, are saying good things about this thing. And uh, mostly attributing all of that to Terry metallis and the fact that Terry Metallus was pretty much unfettered and unmonitored and could do whatever he could do what he wanted to do because nobody was paying attention to what he was doing. And I don't know. I mean, we've talked about it before, uh, you know, comparing, because I was talking earlier this week about the the feud between uh, Doomcock and Robert Meyer Burnett and the fact that, you know, Terry metallis is kind of in, in a similar position, I would think, than what John Forever was doing over on Star Wars. And... I don't know. Who do you believe anymore? Right? Because it's the internet. It's just... I don't know. I don't know. MS says, a reviewer, I trusted... He said he liked it. I posted the Discord. Yes, I saw that video. You posted the Discord. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, we have a Discord server. (coughs) And the Subscribestar is working again. So if you want to throw money our way, that's fine. But that's not why we're here. And, uh, and that's a good question, Cam. Uh, it says, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying how do you build on a broken foundation? that That is exactly the question that a lot of people are asking. Those who have not yet seen season three, whether it's all ten episodes or just the first six, <coughs> those of us out here who are still waiting, that's the question. How do you do this? And if it were me, it's not, but if it was, um, I would generally ignore the first two seasons as much as I could. And basically take this and look at it as a soft reboot. Kind of like what Manny Koto did with the last season of Enterprise. Because when Manny Cotto came in... They already knew that it was going to be canceled. They already knew this was going to be the last season. And Manny Cotto basically got a free hand. He says, you know what? Why don't we make a Star Trek series? And they just went to town trying to pull Enterprise more in line with the continuity. And if they had gotten a season five, uh, Cotto says that he would have gone even further (coughs) to get Enterprise where it should have been to line up with canon and continuity and going into to the original series. But he didn't get a chance to do that. And I'm wondering if Terry Metalis is in that same position here with Season 3 of Picard. Okay, this is a soft reset because pretty much all of the original characters from Picard outside of Raffi are gone. Everybody else that's in there is established characters from Star Trek in some... Former fashion, so I don't know. I it's 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 really it's really tough sometimes to to figure one way or the other if this is if it, it could all be a smokescreen. But I doubt that Paramount would care enough to pay a bunch of YouTubers to say nice things after they've said terrible things for the last however many years. I I just don't know. I just don't. I. The proof's in the pudding, as Robert says. Uh, you know, you see the the only thing we can do is watch the first episode and see where it goes, and and form an opinion based on having information, uh, an informed opinion. Is that a thing anymore? Is that is that something? I don't know. I just—it's—it's it's hard to tell. It's—it's ha- it's hard to know what to do. And <coughs> there are days. There are days. There are days when I'm just ready to walk away from the whole thing. But I'm not going to do it just yet. Christopher Hoffman joining us uh, in the uh, in the other studio. Welcome, sir. How you doing? Now you're muted. No audio. Where's your audio? No, no, no. I didn't turn... Did I turn it There you go. There it is. Did I do there that? There you Did go. you do that? I don't know. <laughs> no. Well, Emma says, my question is why watch one season of a show that I know is canceled, and if it has a story that needs continuation, who will do it right? Um, That's... <coughs> Excuse me. That's a good question, because Terry Metalis has said has acknowledged that there's a couple of things in this season that could provide uh, a launching point for further stories, and he's ready, uh, I guess I guess what it would be is if fans sit there and say, give us more Terry Metallus, please, that maybe somebody over there at, at CBS and Paramount would listen to that. But it's a long shot. So it, some of it's going to depend on how well this uh, this new season plays out in terms of watch time and numbers and all that other stuff. So I don't know. Christopher, what you got this week? How's 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 your week been?
2: Uh, it it's been a bit chaotic, but otherwise than that, um it's it's been okay. Yeah. Um I actually got a package from Vinegar Syndrome. Oh and I thought I'd do a little bit of a mini unboxing lighten the mood a little bit since everything has been Hogwarts and all that stuff. Um, there we go. We've got a thriller from Yellow Veil Pictures, it's a partner label, and it is about a woman who rents an apartment and hears a series of repeated knocks. And it kind of drives her a bit mad. And that, so it's sort of like a Polanski-esque kind of thriller. Then we've got a hidden gem of the 70s black plantation era, Solomon King. I'm really looking forward to diving into this one. It's got some great artwork. As you can see on the front right and the back. And that one it says the CIA taught him the trade, the streets taught him the tricks, <laughs> and that, that's going to be a fun one.
1: Uh, somebody's it's been asking out of print for a while. Somebody's asking in the chat: Who's the author of "Knocking"?
2: Knocking. C. that one is uh, Frida Kempf.
1: Say that again. Frida Kempf. Frida Kempf. She's the director. Okay. All right. Um, Mattowin's got a question. Let me let me address this here real quick. Isn't there a paradox when Doomcock says as long as Kurtzman heads Star Trek, it's dead, but Kurtzman is head now, and season three sounds like it's going to be quite opposite of Kurtzman's influence? That's because, Mattowin, according to what Robert uh, Burnett says, Kurtzman didn't have any influence over season three. Kurtzman's off working on his other stuff, and Akiva Goldsman's working on Strange New Worlds, and nobody was looking over Terry Metalus's shoulder. Uh, if you go back and look at Rob's uh, uh, Rob's observations from, I think Tuesday night, Monday night, or Tuesday night, and uh, I want to say, yeah, I guess it was Monday night. He basically looked at Terry and said, "How did you get away with some of this stuff?" And Terry says, "CBS and Paramount doesn't care. Nobody, nobody cared. Nobody was, nobody was monitoring what Terry what what Metallus was doing." for season three and so he just did did his own thing. So there's according to those stories, there's not much Kurtzman influence on this at all. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean yeah yeah Doomcock's got his his <sighs> splinter in his eye for this. Alright. Sorry sorry Christopher go ahead and, and continue Oh no no that's mine.
2: And that, um then we've got the Amityville Horror: The Evil of This is the, the yeah. This is the first of four cursed objects films in the Amityville series. And I also have the Amity, Amityville Curse, and then also Amityville Ballhouse. House. I and mean, collecting these Amityville movies, they're they're really wacky. At These ones from the eighties and nineties. There's still one. They're still making them. In fact, there's an indie villain space um, that may be the subject of a lot of the killer bees. But I don't know if I want to actually, you know, shell out money to the indie villain space. Uh, you heard it here first, uh, folks. That um, I'm actually turning down a a, a, a piece of schlock.
1: Well, mm-hmm. not, you know, it's 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 good to have standards, even if they're low. <laughs> oh yes yes
2: (laughs) um and then they've got the 4k re-release of zero gordon's from the beyond oh okay and it's got all sorts of great special features in it um like different documentaries and interviews and as you can see with the glare i haven't opened it up yet you know but um syndrome's done a good job of uh Actually restoring stuff to 4K oh. instead of just putting 4K on something. And somebody and needs go. to
1: make somebody needs to make a film called the Amity Villain. There just because, just because, right?
2: And then, oh yeah, yeah. And that, you, 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 should get with uh, RJ from Critical Blast and see if you do like a little, like one shot comic or one of those like. Um, there you go. Back of the comic. We Stories? Could,
1: yeah, we can throw it in the back of our, our print magazine when we do that. The Abatee villain. There we go. Definitely. I've <laughs> just, um, I just got artists. a few
2: more here, and yep. then I've got a Holy Grail from A Vault of the Killer Bees. Let's see. We've got a wild movie from the 50s. Karuku Beast of the Amazon. And it's got all sorts of Weird kitschy tribal pictures on it, and it's just a nothing like nothing your eyes have seen before. Mm. And that, and the tagline is actually filmed in the Amazon jungle in Eastman color. <laughs> uh, so it's about this weird uh, Amazonian beastie that terrorizes a tribe in. Some explorers. Then, um, Jason, have you ever seen the movie Rubber? Uh,
1: I have not.
2: It's really funny. It's it's um, it's meta, but in the best way. It's like a meta horror movie
1: mm-hmm.
2: about a tire that suddenly discovers that he's sentient.
1: Like a car I've, tire. I've heard of it. Yeah. Now that now that you've mentioned that, yeah, I have heard of it, but I've never seen it.
2: And and he goes on a bit of a killing spree. Yeah. And and it actually works in this weird kind of like <laughs> what what just you know go along for the ride and, and that. But of uh, the director of that, Quentin uh, Dupieux, um, has got another movie called Keep an Eye Out. And it's a thriller that's a hostage situation, but it's like a comedic hostage situation. Um, it's a, direct, a big neck paced cop comedy that hacks more laughs into the breezy runtime than some filmmakers manage in their entire careers. Not really sure about that. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out, but it looks really, really funny um, and absurdist. Um
1: All right. Here's what I'm going to so, do. Like
2: here. a little of um, for just as a I, little more mean spirited kind of Junet you know,
1: Yeah, I'm going to let you take the show for a second. I got to I got to run out here to another another piece of the the studio to get something. I will be right back. This this is now Christopher's show. For uh, now. Okay. Let me, let me just throw you in. I'll be right back. All right. Um. I've
2: just got a couple more from Vinegar Syndrome. Um, one of them is a hidden gem from Universal, and it is Flesh and Fantasy, which is one of the first kind of horror anthologies. Um, I know that there was a British studio actually did at Night, but um, this one's got an all-star cast. It's got, um, let's see uh Everett G. Robinson, Barbara Stanwyck, Charles Boyer, and um, it was com- co-produced and uh, photographed by uh, Stanley Cortez, um, or actually Stanley Cortez, got um, of mixed up with Michael Cortez. Stanley Cortez did The Magnificent Emersons and Night of the Hunter, and this is a trilogy of tales of love and death. First, a drowning during Mardi Gras leads to a bitter woman's mass reckoning. Next, an outstanding citizen is driven to madness and murder by a palm reader's prophecy. And finally, a circus-type walker is haunted by dreams of a mysterious woman and his own death. And this has been scanned and restored, and we've got a... Commentary track with film historian and author Barry Forshaw and uh, film critic Tim Newman, and then we have a featurette uh, with French film director Christopher Collins uh, entitled "Fate, News, or the Dark World of Julian Devere," and um, yeah, it, it looks really, really great. Um, Flesh and fantasy. This one has just been discovered in the vaults and restored. And it looks like it's gonna be a really, really fun. Not necessarily um, something for Vault of the Killer Beast, maybe foreign bodies, but yeah. something.
1: You've got a little bit of an yeah, echo you. in there now, and I'm not I'm not sure where I'm hearing that. Are you on are you using speakers or headphones? There we go. Um does that help?
2: I turn off my speaker.
1: Yep. Yep. That's that's where it is. Um, my, my office is not okay. in a hotel room. I do not have a Gideon Bible in my desk. Uh, although I did have I did have my Bible down here before when I when it was when I was on Carrie Smith's show uh, about a week and a half ago. Um, but it's a it's 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 home now. So all right.
2: And Hong Kong volume one is just a weird of Hong Kong Cinema uh, Showcase It's got The Demon's Baby A Deadly Camp and Erotic Nightmare um, It's got a really interesting book About all the film And it's a weird kind Of fantasy And horror And Looking forward to checking that out, doing a, a a bit of a deeper dive into that. And I found a grail. I found a grail for vault of the killer bees. Are you ready? You ready, Jason?
1: Yeah, uh, go it's ahead. It's
2: a Polish vampire in Burbank. <laughs> the film a vampire film in a different vein. And although wow. it says it's the 25th anniversary DVD, it's not actually 25 years old when this was released as the anniversary edition Um, because we kind of cheated a little bit. The film actually started filming in 81 and this was released on DVD in 2021. So they're like, yeah, it started filming, but you know, there we go. Yeah, it's about a vampire whose um, fangs are a little bit too short, and he's the, the son of Dracula. And because his fangs are a little bit too short, he hasn't come into his own per se. Mm-hmm. And um, his his father finally gets fed up with having to, you know, bring home the blood, as it were, <laughs> and sends him out to, you know, become a vampire. Oh. Fine. All right. So there you go. There's there's your Friday amount of (laughs) bees.
1: Okay. All right. Death Angel Shadow joining us as well. And uh, we were hearing, okay, so we were hearing the the echo in StreamYard, but not in in YouTube. Was that right? Okay. Yeah. That makes me feel a little better. Oh, I'm hearing myself too. Well, I hear you.
0: No, I hear myself.
1: (laughs) I don't. Yeah, I, I don't I hear. I don't hear an echo on this end. I can so, hear an echo. Uh,
2: Death Angel shadows you.
1: That's. I don't know. Everybody in the chat, do y'all hear an echo? Is. Are. are where is. Where is everybody? I don't know. I. I'm kind of hearing something. Yeah. Uh, Mazers asks, "Is that a Frank Lloyd Wright scene in the background for you?" Who for me? Oh yeah, behind you. Uh, no, I took that picture. Oh, you took it. All right. It
2: sort of looks <laughs> a little bit like falling water.
1: No. All right. So, may, uh, uh, so we got Death Angel Shadow. I'm going to go ahead and bring in Stephanie Jancheck as well. Hi. Hi, Stephanie. Haven't haven't seen you in forever. How you doing?
3: Uh, let's be covering.
1: Yeah. Ow! Uh, what happened? Uh,
3: well, uh, about two weeks ago. Um. Uh, I think back away,
0: the microwave, away Yeah, she's here in the echo Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're okay. not we're not hearing it they're they're saying they're not hearing it in YouTube though. So it's gotta okay. be it's gotta be a setting somewhere in StreamYard. I'll no, I'll I'll take a look here and see.
3: Okay. Well, about two weeks ago I was out in the yard with the dog. Saw my husband coming. Called the dog over here. Turned around to run, the garage and flipped over the door, and went flying, and landed like. Yeah. So, I've got screws in it, and a plate.
0: Screws? Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. It was
3: bad. It was all. Bad. It was really. And it 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 doesn't hurt like it did that night, and I can't tell you how bad it is when they said it, in the emergency room, but I, I challenged some people on levels of pain because that hurt. Um, I just, I got it operated on by, I think, the resident Master Jedi of the upper extremity surgery and uh, I think I'll be okay. Um, it's just gonna be bad rehab. Yeah. Rehab is good stuff.
0: I, I- did something like that, similar, and tore my rotator cuff. I my, had my little shih tzu out on, on the tie-out, you know, and she went running one way, and I went out to get her. Well, I was trying to put her on the tie-out, and she went running because she saw something. And uh, I had just trimmed Bougainville. This was back in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in my bare socks, so not only did I step on Bougainville, then I tripped over the dog tie-out. Caught myself and tore my
3: rotator. Yeah. It is. You know, they're saying that that a lot of the accidents they see with like shattered wrists and arms, it's from tripping over dogs.
1: Yeah.
3: You know, and it could be your Chihuahua or a 20, 125 twenty-five pound Shiloh like mine.
1: I yeah. have, I have frequently. I uh, found myself uh, trying to make sure I don't trip over Junior Office Dog because I'm convinced that she's going to try to kill me one of these days.
0: Well, yeah. well, now I have a Chihuahua, and the Chihuahua keeps on getting underfoot. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, And I'm afraid I'm going to hurt him because he's, you know... You yeah, like right. pounds
1: <laughs> see, yeah, it's it's, it's worse when you have a cat because a cat will actually get between your legs. A dog may be just kind of underfoot and will right there around your around your feet somewhere. A cat will actually go through your legs, and it's like, I'm really trying to kill you now. So yeah
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kojak is a Shiloh Shepherd. So he likes to circle you. Um, and he's afraid of the neighbor's chihuahua next door. So, <laughs> yeah. he is. It's like watching Scooby-Doo get chased by a rat. <laughs> I mean, it's the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. And it's embarrassing. Um, you know, he's he's a great, big, gorgeous, very happy guy who I think identifies as a gold retriever. Because he's got the best heart. And he's not, there's not, he doesn't have a mean, aggressive bone in his body. Here uh, he is. Yeah.
1: Go hey, coach. there he is.
3: So, um, but you know, he's he's uh, just big. No. <laughs> and, um, well, and, I, I got
1: and temp- from a from a temperament standpoint, Chihuahuas. You have, you have a couple of different kinds of Chihuahuas. My grandmother raves Chihuahuas, so I grew up around them all, all my life. Most of them are fairly well-behaved, happy dogs, and, and nothing ever phases them. It's just everything's a big party. Uh, yeah. Or they keep to themselves, and they just, you know, okay, yeah, whatever, you're here in the room, okay, fine. What? And yeah. then you have the ones that are aggressive defensive for whatever yeah. reason, and it's it's geometrically exponentially inverse proportional to their size so the smaller yeah. the chihuahua the worse their big defensive i'm going to get you attitude i had a i had a chihuahua named bubbles bubbles was this big i mean she tiny tiny teacup chihuahua yeah. and i teased her a little bit over the years but we got into the one we got into the vet one time and she had gotten so tense and so angry and so defensive that she stopped breathing. Oh, gosh. And her tongue started turning blue. She's like. <laughs> and the doctor says, put her down on the floor and let her calm down. So I did she kind of shook it off. And she's like, OK, because like, she felt threatened. She's like, I, I don't want to be here. Right. Yeah, and I said, yeah. I said, I guess we're lucky she's not a German Shepherd. He says, if she was a German Shepherd, I wouldn't be in the room. Because she was that angry and aggressive. Oh, this wow. Little teacup yeah. chihuahua, tiny thing. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. But, yeah, they do it. I, and, and he told me, they the, the really small, the really tiny ones have this massive self-defense instinct yeah. that you don't normally find in a regular-sized dog. So, Right. So it, it,
3: it, it's,
2: it's a genetic Napoleon complex. Yeah.
3: My <laughs> well, my can't... best friend has 3 of them. Yeah. This... And the female ginger is just a terrorist.
0: This this she is the first chihuahua I've she ever
3: turns had. Into... It, she sees you coming and she just turns into this uh a pine-sized wolverine.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
3: It's like yeah. I, what is going on?
1: Yeah. I mean
3: like yeah, you're calling the price for the exorcism.
1: You know, well, what, she always I mean, could be little Tasmanian devils. By, by, by
0: comparison, you know, my I'm my other do dogs are, you know, I got a black lab who's like probably eight or nine years old. Yeah. And she's hundred and twenty pounds. She takes you know, she's been on steroids and whatnot. And then I've got uh we we figured out I was, she I rescued the other the other one from my uh Family back in Florida. Uh, it's a, uh, as best as we can figure, a duck tolling retriever, which is, apparently is pretty. Because I didn't know what it was. Because it's like the smallest of the of the of the retrievers.
3: Yeah, they're right? pretty cool dogs.
0: And uh, it, you know, because I got the black lab, and then I got the I got that one, and then now I've got a Chihuahua. And so the 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 middle one is, you know, she's like three years old. And she's, but and she's like 60 pounds, 60, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. So so I've got small, medium and large now. So
3: yeah. All
1: right. So, so dogs aside, what, uh, what brings you guys into the, into the conversation today? Stephanie, let's start with you. What do you want to, what do you want to share with
3: us? Oh, the, oh, everything going on with Disney. Um, <laughs> and the fact that, you know, I've been talking to, uh, A friend of mine, Dan Watanabe, who, you're on Facebook with me, and he's on Facebook with me, Jason. Mm -hmm. And I think you have a good time talking to him. Uh, He really knows the business, the studios and stuff, because he's been an executive. Um, And we are talking about what's going on, and it occurred to both of us that the coup was almost a staged coup to get... Rid of the wokesters that Iger brought in, and now he gets to be the the savior. You know, you you know, but they basically had back pretend to be the patsy.
0: You think he's playing 4D chess or something like that?
3: I I don't know, but it Beck hasn't said a word. It's very strange to me.
1: He's probably well. He might well he's under an NDA, probably. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but he's nowhere. I mean, he's disappeared. Yeah. You know, you don't even. Hear about him being offered another job, and so I thought that was an interesting thing. And also, I think this goes to prove that Peltz had the the votes to house the board. Um, and I and I don't. I look at what BlackRock has got, and I don't think they have the votes to keep it.
0: Did, am I am I correct? And did I hear right that now he's. Iger gave in to a bunch yeah. of demand. Yeah, they have. Yeah, and- they
1: have. Uh, they have dropped. Uh, Peltz has dropped the the proxy war in response to Iger's plan to cut expenses. We've got restructuring. We've got the seven thousand layoffs. We're gonna happen, and this news about Hulu. Uh, our friend Cameron Pasha suggests that that could be some kind of indicator that there's a back room deal where Hulu becomes a piece that's in play and and Nelson Peltz has has taken away his proxy war threat in exchange for whatever is going to be happening with Hulu, whether Disney sells their controlling interest in Hulu or something like that. But it, I would also offer up this theory that at this point there has been so much noise made in front of the shareholders meeting, that maybe Pelts doesn't feel like he has to continue the proxy war himself. There's enough momentum from other shareholders that maybe in he her. gets he gets a, a a seat on the board without even campaigning for it at this point. I think you're,
3: you, that could be it too. Um, yeah. That that and that kind of fits into the theory that the votes are there for Pelts and maybe even to get rid of Iger because. You can look at what was going on with Chapek and go, yeah, but it was Iger who started all that
1: crap. Right.
0: It was, I mean, but the, the, medi- every, the whole plan was this.
1: Yeah, but the media spin has always has, has been, since Chapek was fired, the media spin has been, uh, all of this woke crap was all Chapek's fault. And yeah. that's, that's part and parcel of what I see as a coordinated effort from the studios, and not just Disney, and not yeah. just this particular situation. But you look at Deadline and Variety and Hollywood Reporter and Entertainment Weekly and all of the trades and their coordinated media campaigns that come out whenever anything happens. You know, Disney this week, we had all sorts of articles that started flowing the same day as the Disney uh, earnings call. Uh, yeah. Last last uh, couple of weeks ago when James Gunn did his video and said, here's all the DC stuff. Well, they had their media day Monday before they made the public announcement and all of these media outlets had all of these different articles ready to go. Yeah. And there's clear coordination with these trade publications that are not objective journalism outlets. They're PR firms, they're PR agencies that act in on behalf of the studios, I think.
3: Yeah, and it, I don't really think that Investors, we don't know about, um, are taking that seriously anymore. Yeah. Uh, it just, I mean, to me, when I was listening to Iger say, "Creatives will have control, but they're going to be held accountable," I'm like, "You just bent the knee. You just bent the knee," on that, and I almost flipped out of my chair. Um, that was a big. That was a big uh, moment, I think, because. It fits in with the with the layoffs. Mm-hmm. It fits in with the three billion they're cutting back on uh, content creation. Yeah, um, you know they're gonna have to justify why they want to make something. Yeah. and I don't. You know all these lofty goals of making Ray Guru or whatever Damon Damon Littleoff wants to do with Star Wars. <laughs> it's not gonna happen now.
1: No, it's, it's not. not. And and uh, uh, Sparrow on the inside at Lucasfilm or Disney, wherever wherever that person is, reporting to Cameron Pasha says the acolyte only exists on paper. There's no yeah. budget. There's no production schedule. There's no plan. Yeah. And yeah. and Damon Lindelof's project is the same way. They're both vaporware.
3: Yeah, they, they and, don't and they that, don't
1: really exist.
3: Yeah, I I have a friend who knows quote unquote one of the. Um, the the main production designer and they're like, yeah, we're filming full speed ahead when I looked at it it looked like a three episode presentation Mm -hmm. or a pilot to get these guys um, interested in what they're doing and I don't you know, say what you want about Dana Walden, I don't know anything about her but I don't think Alan Bergman is going to go, yeah, we'll do that you
1: know, well, I consider that Dana Walden came in with uh, with Peter Rice, yeah, yeah you know, from Fox. and she's she's very, very, very publicly uh, in that in that woke, progressive Hillary Clinton camp because we've yeah. seen photographs and we've seen posts that she's done in the past. So we know yeah. where her loyalties and, and ideologies are,
3: yeah, yeah. But when you think about what's going on, is that going to be something the investors are going to tolerate if they're not seeing a return on their investment yeah. and that's the problem
0: well, um, I mean I heard I heard their stocks did tick up after
1: It the did a it did bit. it went up it went it went up after the presentation dipped a little bit and it's been holding steady let me uh, let me bring that up um because it does look like it's doing okay it's not it's down from where it was uh, over the five-day thing, uh, here let me let me bring it in. Because it was here. Un, it was
0: under a 100 right? great, and now has it recovered <laughs> or
1: holding right around a hundred?
3: It was like what, 112 at one time.
1: It was 111. Oh, okay. it, it closed at 111 before the presentation, and then it went up. See, here's the here's February 9th. It dro- it popped up to 115 after the presentation, and then it it steadily, you know, we're we're back down into what was it, what was it three two days ago, the eighth. You know, so all of yesterday, yeah. the numbers continued to drop. Again, below where it was before okay. Iger's call. So the earnings call is on the eighth. We get a spike here on the on the ninth at the very beginning. Uh, this is 10 a.m. Eastern, so cl- close to the opening opening bell, and then it just starts to. I mean, look at this tumble right here over the course of what a couple yeah. a couple of two three hours, one thirty to. Uh one thirty to the next day. So over yeah. over over twelve yeah. hours it just drops like a rock. It fell and back
0: lower. Yeah. It fell it, lower than it was. It did. And it did. Um, Jason, um last night
2: during Rinkurp you brought up a really interesting point that most of Disney's uh revenue actually comes from uh, the various parks.
3: Right. Yeah yep. um
2: that they have. And I I really wanna kinda touch on the fact that it seems like well, it doesn't seem like it. It, it. it's it's actually turning into the fact that Disney parks are really, really excluding like the, the lower middle class customers as well as the, the middle class customers. I mean, they're outpricing oh, yeah. them. Yeah. And yeah. it looks like the attractions aren't keeping up with it. Um, well, not only a, that. As far as like the, the updates of the attractions and that sort of stuff. And, and, and I know that. You know, families would save up, and and back when I was a little kid, I, I was lucky enough to have my grandparents take me one summer, and then like you know three or four later years later, my my parents took me one summer,
0: right? Yeah. you know,
2: just for about like three or four days. But it looks like that uh, you you mentioned or s- someone um for the rancor pit uh, mentioned I I've uh, mentioned that they had gone into the park and they were there like a half an hour. Yeah. And they had already, you know, spent a hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. On, oh, on yeah. That's
1: that's easy. A, that's that was easy. A, that was a, yeah, that was a friend, that was a friend of Mindy's. But see the thing about it yeah. is though, not only do you have this this issue with how much the parks cost, but as we talked about last night on Ranker Pit, and thanks very much for letting me promote that. Um we also have word from WDW Pro again that Universal is getting ready to drop a park and resort in Europe to compete with Disneyland Paris. And you add that on top of Halloween Horror Nights getting a full all-year install in Las Vegas, and then you have their new Universal okay. Park drop in Frisco, Texas, which is right outside of Dallas. So major metropolitan Dallas-Fort Worth mm-hmm. M- metroplex heres universal studios doing doing a theme park there and you have the nintendo world whatever and they've got some new thing they're they're putting together called epic universe and then universal is planning a nintendo cinematic universe that tells me they see you know they smell blood in the water disney is in trouble disney's hurt him yep. And uh, yeah. the guy that was on with WDW, his name is Dre. Uh, his, his Twitter handle is Vash Sky. He's, with, uh, he's the host of Freshly Squeezed News over on Orange Grove 55 YouTube channel. I don't know his bona fides, so you know, take this for, for however much salt you want to put with it. But he says that Disney has internal market research telling them that they're losing Park's audience in two key categories, the over 50 crowd, which they're losing the retired folks and the older people because of politics, mainly because of the stuff that happened with the Florida thing, but Reedy Creek and all everything else. you know you everything look at else. you look at what happened with with uh, loud, uh, uh, loud, the proud family, you know with that episode with the 1619 project crowd. <laughs> so your over 50 crowd is staying away because of politics. Keep your politics out of my stuff. I'm not going to give you my business. And then you have the younger families who don't see the Walt Disney Company, who don't see the Disney parks having value. It it costs too much for what I get, and so I'm just not going to spend my money there anymore because it's too expensive for what you're what you're giving me. I mean, we see this I mean, with uh, yeah, uh, Galactic Star Cruiser, for example. I got to pay how much for two nights? 6,000. In a landlocked okay. hotel. You know, this yeah. thing... No was, windows? And no windows. <laughs> well, well, well and according I, according to it, Drunk it, drunk 3PO, this was supposed to originally be a cruise a cruise ship attraction. Yeah. And it ended up <laughs> at the resort instead.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, right now, in, in response <laughs> to, you know, the failing Galactic Starship, um, Disney has actually lowered the prices... Um, for non-holiday weekend you know attenders yeah um, to try and drive them in I think the lowest one is like 750
1: for a couple Well so and, they, and say, a couple
3: you'd have to pay me to do
1: that. Well and There's they've no also way. they've also canceled dates yep. Yep. for quote unquote yep. for renovations and updates and whatnot because they can't fill anything so all of the staff has gone to part-time
3: yeah
1: and, yeah and,
2: and and some of the main staff or the staff that you saw like in the press release and stuff like that you know press release videos mm-hmm. they're they're not there anymore so so you don't get to you know if you wanted to interact with the snarky you know imperial guard leader or something like that, he's not going to be there yeah you know yeah. and, and right. you know if there was a cast member that's like, oh wow that like, you know that's a great improv actor really knows their lore and stuff.
0: Well, I think I think Disney bet on the wrong thing. They, 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 they figured they would just get rid of the, uh, get rid of the little people and try and focus on the whales. And the problem is, is that, you know, you that that was your bread and butter. I mean, even Walt himself—that's where he went after. He wanted it yeah. to be a family-friendly environment that everybody could go to, you know, and enjoy.
1: Well, and, and, and it's that analogy. I would rather have. One hundred customers paying me a dollar a piece than one customer paying me a hundred dollars because you lose that one customer, all of your income is gone, yep. and yeah. it's the same kind of thing. You you want those high rollers and whatnot, and that's fine, but you have also got to appeal to the to the middle income crowd. Right. You know the middle class, as it were. And not be this elite expensive resort everywhere. Even, even, you know, what was, uh, what was, uh, Mark had one of these thermal detonator Coca Cola bottles. He paid $10 for it. Yeah. There's no way. It's crazy.
3: I, I, you know, they're paying for, basically, do you guys remember back? I think it was like in 2018, that former vice president of, uh, uh, oh God, what are they, Imagineering,
1: mm-hmm. told
3: a podcast that, they were. They had everything set up for it to be Tataween. Yes. And the original trilogy and Kennedy.
1: Yeah.
3: Kennedy because and Iger, because Iger's stupid. Uh, Kennedy walks into his office and says, "We have more movies in front of us than behind us." Right. And okay, so they changed everything, and it's like it. I mean, when you've got people telling me, "Well, you," that their kids went to Galaxy's Edge and we're like, "What's where's Star Wars?" Now they've yep. got Mando and Boba Fett walking around Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, which is a start. Well, but it looks like they're gonna have to revamp everything.
0: I mean, they used to have Vader and, and Stormtroopers walking around uh, but, that know, but that wasn't but uh, that wasn't Galaxy. Studios.
1: That wasn't that no, that, that was wasn't studio. Black Fire. That was that was yeah, that was uh, Universal Studio. And
0: yeah. even Epcot. I yeah. think they even were in Epcot sometimes. Yeah. And you know, and and it's like that's what people want to see. I don't want to go see Ray. I could care less.
3: I, I, If I saw Kylo, if I saw Kylo Ren, I'd punch him in the stomach.
0: Yeah, I yeah. hate that character. I, I honestly, absolutely... my two favorite characters in, in the new trilogy, um, both kind of got shafted. Yeah. So, you know, I, I liked Poe and Finn. I thought they were cool. You know, they had so much potential. Ray is kind of like just a, you know i hate to say the well, word but Mary sue see and that's yeah.
1: and that's the kicker it was when we got the force awakens there was so much potential set up right. that yeah. never got paid off and you you know as much as much shade as i want to throw to ryan johnson all of them screwed this up it wasn't just yeah. one person right. it was it no. was it should have Hunson, been johnson, a Johnson, planned and everybody. arc yeah. yeah and it
3: you know and it was until i you know through a George's treatments in the garbage, it yeah. was, and you still could have probably saved it with with TLJ. You know, but, if Star Wars is about a, about the Skywalker family, then keep it that way. Right. Making making Ray marry Sue and nobody
0: was just yeah. Uh,
1: well, yeah, no, that
0: was that was that the, was crazy. The, but
1: what I what I figured they they would do, and they didn't. But it would have made sense because if you're going to do the Rise of Skywalker as your title, then what you could do is evolve your story with Rey, possibly with Finn, becoming this next, uh, this next generation of Jedi, and they take on Skywalker as a title. We're not, yeah. Je- we're not Jedi anymore. We're not Grey Jedi. We're Skywalkers. And yeah. that becomes that becomes the new order, as opposed to the Jedi Knights or the Old Republic or 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 you know the Wills or any of these. That's yeah. That's where you could have taken it, and you could still do the Rise of Skywalker. She's the next Skywalker because that's now her title, yeah. not not a name that she appropriates. I
3: I really think that they should have made her and Kylo Ren twins. You know, oh, absolutely,
1: twins. yeah, there should have been Jason um, and Jaina.
3: yeah, and that would have made more sense. Um, the lack of character development and the lack of, I mean, every time I think of what we got from that and the lack of like purpose, I think for Kylo Ren to be such a what a terrible character, what an absolutely horrible villain. Um, there's no reason for him to do what he did, yeah, none. He, he's just what are you doing rebelling against your parents? So you murder your father on a catwalk and give him Palpatine's death. You know, I mean, what the, you know, so, you know, going back to Disney, when I see the 7,000 jobs being cut, I see a lot of people at Lucasfilm leaving. Um, and I, I think that, uh, within the next couple of weeks, we're going to hear some stuff because the little birdies on the list that we saw, uh, are being very quiet right now.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think I think a lot of the story group if that <laughs> excuse me, if that early rumor holds up that uh, a lot of the story about 75% of the story group is on the chopping block to 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 yeah. head out after uh, after Kennedy is done, which, yeah. you know, if she's done after Indy 5 yeah. And, you know, however much you want to hear, you know, hold to the rumors of, of the things they're doing to save Indy 5. Who knows? Uh, yeah. But that's her, that's her swan song. That's her, that's her stuff. Yeah. But I'm also, we're also hearing, and I think it was Cameron was saying that, uh, that she's angling for a deal. It might have been WDW, that she's angling for a, for a deal similar to what Iger had when he retired, quote unquote, from the board yeah. chair And he's got this perpetual consultant thing, which meant that he didn't even have to leave his office on the Disney lot. He was still there this whole time that JPEG was in charge. And you're going to get this same kind of thing with with Kathy Kennedy in this, you know, uh, emeritus type of position where she still got her fingers in the pie somehow. Now, that's rumor. I don't know if she's actually going to get that that deal. I, but- I,
3: I thought a lot of the rumors like the Ray Grogu thing, it, it just come on. After, after what we heard about, with the cuts coming, there's no way they're going to do that. They, they kill Grogu as a character. They, the interest would die with that. Um, I don't see people I, I don't see an investor like Nelson Peltz or Dan Loeb, of third option, yep. tolerating any more of this crap. I don't. It's like she has to go. This is the reason why these franchises that Lucasfilm put out there are suffering is because of her, Mm -hmm. right? It's the leadership, uh, her uninterested uh, lack of helicopter mom behavior with their staff. I mean, you you know, when you get people like Pablo Mm Hidalgo wandering around, uh, you know, basically being the face of Lucasfilm and he shouldn't be. Agreed. Driving fans away. It's like, honey, what were you doing when this was going on? Mm -hmm. Because George would have fired him. George has said, leave the fans alone. What are you doing? You know? And he would have, there's there's a reason for it. And yet here we are. Part of the reason why Star Wars is in the place where it is is because she let people like that off the leash and go unhinged.
0: Off the leash, she put them in power. Yeah, uh, yep. you know, yep. there's a lot of them, you know, that just uh, they've got this attitude. I mean, you know, look at Leslie Hedlund, uh, you know, and yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like
1: well, and I can art. I if just, you know, if it would just to go back to to the stuff that Sparrow keeps coming out with and and talking about the the things what going on internally they're in a world of hurt inside because they don't know who sparrow is they they haven't been able to find these leaks and everybody is turning on everybody else because they're all suspicious of each other now and yeah. and it, who knows i don't know that anybody is going to move forward with any of these projects Because if Mando Three doesn't make money, they don't greenlight anything else, according to Sparrow's latest report. Yeah,
3: I think the interest in Mando Three, considering if you look at how many um, views that the the trailer's gotten, is going to be good. And I want it to do good because I love John Favreau and I love Dave Filoni. I know there are a lot of Star Wars fans who complain about Filoni, but he is... I like George. He's George's Padawan. Yeah. You know? he's, yep. the, he's the apprentice. And, you know, when I think about redundancies, at, in, in Lucasfilm you've got Leland Chi who does the lore, and you've got Pablo Godalgo, who does the lore. Leland Chi leaves everybody alone. Yeah. Pablo causes trouble wherever he goes.
0: He pokes the bear, uh, uh, yeah. uh, the bear being us, you know, yeah. the audience, yeah. and the it, fans,
3: and it, it's just so. I, I, I when I saw the list that Cameron posted, I thinking about. I think these people actually might make more does. I just because I don't think Disney. Wants to. Yeah. It's your biggest. Your biggest expense is your payroll. Yeah. Um, and. As someone who's kind of been on the inside, outside of HR in my former uh, life, uh, y- you got to look at letting, when you're looking at cutting cutting uh, budget, you got to look at that. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, if they're not doing what they're supposed to do and, and if you're going to hold them accountable for the high republic and it's no one wants to read it except for you know weirdo bots on, on twitter right. and your own you know you're making it for the people that you work with and y- you're gonna you're you're not gonna get any more pro- projects from green yeah and you know you might have to go look for a new job mean, that's it
1: well yeah. and if you if you look at what what is successful in terms of how the fans respond to things i mean you're looking at the same kind of thing over at star trek because picard season three could be good uh Strange New Worlds was pretty good. Uh Keely, good to see you there. Thanks for being here. Um Strange New Worlds, even though it's got some problems, it feels like Akiva Goldsman sat there and said, what would a what would a Star Trek series feel like? I mean, they've got the problem of still being a prequel yeah but it's not dark and gritty and ugly and nihilistic the way discovery is and i think that i think the people underneath kurtzman not not kurtzman himself kurtzman's already gone i think kurtzman's yeah. halfway out the door cuz he's working on his other projects clarice and whatever else he's got over there somewhere but i think akiva goldsman's got strange new worlds which is what he expected to be working on when they brought him on board, and he was like, what is this Discovery thing? I don't, I don't get this thing. I want to do this other thing. So he's over there. Terry Metallus is doing Picard, and maybe they've turned a corner. And uh, on the Star Wars side of things, you've got the rumor that John Favreau went into Bob Chapek and said, I'm done dealing with Kathy Kennedy, or I leave. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know Chapik's like, well, what do we get to do? And and the whole Grogu coming back and not training with Luke and being back with Mandalorian apparently according to rumor was not Favreau's idea. That happened through that, Book of Boba Fett and now he's stuck with it. Yeah. So it
3: um yeah, I think that was probably a financial thing because people want to see them together. Um I kind of uh I'm kind of
0: the normies, the normies—that's the—that's the cute thing. Yeah, you know, I, everybody wants.
3: I wanted to see Grogu train with Luke. I think he will eventually go back. I think we're going to see Luke in this. Probably. Um, there's one part in the trailer where that Asian uh, X-wing pilot is telling someone there's something going on out there, and if you don't do something about it, it's going to be too late. Yeah. And he's not talking about snow That was my dog. He's talking (laughs) about um, Thrawn, right? So the rumor that they're not using Thrawn, it's like, okay, then what is Ahsoka in uh, Mandalorian Season 2 talking about then? Yeah.
0: So you you think Uh, that they're going, I mean, we know Thrawn is coming, right? Well, Thrawn's Thrawn's coming
1: as part of Ahsoka. I haven't heard anything about Thrawn being part of Mando 3 because they're concentrating no. on the whole Mandalorian aspect of this yeah. and rebuilding the, the, the culture and the, and, and the civilization there and whatnot. But I, I also think yeah. that yeah, Grogu is going to eventually end up with Luke. But see, the thing about it is, though, if the sequel trilogy remains canon, continuity whatnot, how do you get rid of Grogu? Where is he at by the time the, the, the Academy gets destroyed?
3: Yeah, right. I, and that's the thing, which is, I, I look, I what I think, Iger, because he won't talk to Kathy, from what we've heard, right? He has his underlings talk to her. I think he's decided she screwed up. She screwed me over. This is my legacy. She <laughs> f- up, part by French, um, and uh, we are going to have to overwrite somehow all of this, um, and. I think it's I think it's become a reality check and I'm gonna say this. If you if anybody out there thinks Bob Iger's woke, you don't understand a politician, okay? He is a political hound, okay? And he's like Mitt Romney. He'll do he'll say anything. Whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever he has to. And
0: stick your finger in the, it, it, lick your finger and stick it to see which way yeah. the wind is blowing and uh, well, yeah
3: yeah although although being
1: a being a progressive democrat he is going to have certain certain proclivities in terms of what kind yeah. of politics he's yeah. going to focus on
3: i don't i don't look at at even the loud wokesters being woke i think it's just a way to look cool to everybody else virtue signaling um you know i, I it's just like it's I'm, I'm but i'm cynical of that uh of people like that um I used to work in politics i was a professional staffer on House majority Leaders' staff. way in the way back machine i worked for uh congressman army um and you you could just tell the phonies yeah. he was not which is why i quit um he retired uh but a lot of them you know now they can't afford to have phone phones because i mean Love Trump or hate him, he left the genie out of the bottle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when Iger hires Latoya Ravno and Laton Newton and all these you know psychopaths, he wasn't doing it because he believed in what they they said. He was doing that to make himself look good at Hollywood cocktail
1: parties. Yeah. Yeah, get, yeah. Because he
3: wanted to be president.
1: Yeah. And
3: now he's like, I was a stupid moron to do that. Okay, now well, uh,
1: what? I don't know. I don't know. I have not seen anything that would indicate that Iger's got any regrets over what he does. But uh, like you said, being a politician, he's learned that he's got to pivot in order to yeah. save his legacy. So, yeah, okay, right. that's why Chapek's getting blamed for all this. Christopher, you yeah, got a look cool. on your face like you wanted to add something. What are you thinking?
2: Well, I'm um, I, I, I just going to add that um, we, we've been talking about uh, Star Wars. And we we mentioned a little bit about Marvel, yeah okay but but the the fact is, well, I mean not the fact but but one of the things is that uh, uh, I believe a lot of the general public just says, "Okay, uh, hey, this is a Marvel film, this is a Star Wars property. we've got Disney, okay, what's Disney and Disney hasn't really produced any." Like Big
0: hit. quality
2: original properties on its own for for a while,
0: yeah What's the
2: mean, last- you've got you've got frozen, okay frozen. but if you look at the story of Frozen, there's there there isn't a the villain that they present or the the character that they present as a typical Disney villain. Is it is
0: they're just misunderstood.
2: Yeah. Well, no, he's not misunderstood in that it it was the Duke. It was the Duke with the glasses. You know, he's got all the Disney tropes. Spoilers, you know, of of the villain. And you're expecting to, you know, uh, hiss him and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, oh, no, it's the guy who, you know, really wants the power and the throne. And he tells you that he wants the power and the throne. Within the first, like you know, what ten minutes of him being, you know, in the movie, right. and then we've got these remakes, these live re live action remakes harping on the nostalgia <laughs> wagon.
1: Yeah. And well, that, not only that, I, well, but we got now, Toy story five, Toy coming. story five, yeah, with with Tim Allen. <laughs> huh? Yeah, Tim, why? Why is yeah. Tim Allen back? Yeah, and, why do you think and, it is? And,
2: and I mean, Pixar has been trying to do some interesting stuff. You had, you had strange worlds, which aside from the woke debate and all of that stuff, the, the story itself, it had a really interesting, at the beginning of the film, a really interesting uh, animation, the way they, they did it. OK, at the very beginning of the film, almost kind of like the prologue and stuff like that. Then they, you know, went to the traditional kind of CGI sort of stuff and everything. And and but there really wasn't any sort of like meat to the actual story. OK, right.
1: well, it's kind of a and journey, so journey if, to the center of the earth, I'm lost world at, pastiche, wasn't it? What? I said it was kind of a journey to the center of the earth, lost world pastiche if i understand correctly it, wasn't
2: it it, it was yeah. it was and and but there wasn't yeah it was you know just cut and paste
1: right
0: um nothing and, nothing really original and nothing really you know uh, groundbreaking story wise or or anything like that
2: exactly so so if i'm looking you know for something to you know watch on disney or what you know I believe the vast majority of people consider to be Disney, you know, like the Mickey mouse and the, you know, the, the little mermaid, that, you know, type of brand. I don't see anything coming from them. That's going to like have me rushing out the door to get, to get merchandise or, you know, wanting to like see a movie or something like that.
3: Right.
0: When's the last time there was a new Mickey? Or mini, you know, the classic characters movie that came out. Well there they've done been. they've it, done some it, shorts, I but mean, they haven't done
1: anything else. There there have been some shorts that they've done over the last uh I don't know, three, four, five years. It, some different cartoons and stuff, but they have there hasn't been anything really uh on that front either.
2: And they've got their one hundredth coming up. Yeah. Yeah, 100th anniversary, and I have, I mean, I've seen, you know, Funko Pops, you know, news about release of, you know, classic character Funko Pops or something like that, but I don't see any, you know, special, you know, celebration, you know, coming up or like a special, like, hey, this is what we're going to do in celebration to take our, our Disney legacy forward, you know, and, and. Like they should get...
3: do for Disney Animation. They should do a Fantasia 100. You know, for the anniversary,
0: like a re-release, like a, a re-release,
3: up? and then maybe um, come up with a fantastic idea for uh, a, a, a more modern, like more modern animation. Maybe Not a modern.
0: Pixar-related type thing. Maybe. Yeah,
3: yeah, that would yeah. be kind of cool. You know, um,
0: the Life of the there... Broom or something.
3: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah anyway guys i gotta go uh all right we're getting ready to go somewhere um, all
1: right stephanie it was good to see you yeah, uh, don't hospital. be a don't be a stranger yeah. that'll be fun i won't it's good to i'll, have I'll you stop
3: by. by when i can okay
1: all right Ed, all right it was Ed good
3: home. to have you. all right
1: thanks jason thanks nice you guys all right
3: bye-bye bye-bye
1: Okay, we probably need to head out because I've got some other stuff that I got to get going doing and, and stuff later on today as well. Disney stock sitting right now at one hundred seven dollars and forty-five cents, down over two and a third percent. So, yeah, yeah, I we'll think Universal
0: that. has uh, been pretty smart the way they've been playing this. And 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 you know, I I told you I used to work for them years ago, uh, in Orlando and. When they, were, when they announced that they were building Potter and that was what they were doing, they were expanding it, they, you know, and all that, and they were like, yeah, we're going for the jugular now. Once they found the first Potter, you know, it was open and, and just was way more than they expected. Well, they were I, like, heard,
1: I heard their one, was it first year? Apparently, they made all of their investment back Oh, yeah. In sales of butterbeer alone. Sure. The investment, the the money they put in to build that piece of the park, they made that money back plus some just in the butterbeer sales, on to, you know, in, in addition to everything else. Mm-hmm. It was just that one thing that made their money back. I was like, That's crazy.
0: I, I believe it. I, I really believe it. I mean, you know, I was there opening day yeah. when they when we opened the first potter cuz i was fixing their <laughs> registers yeah
2: and, and uh, then they had the Sorry, uh, uh, oh sorry I didn't mean to interrupt
0: no i was just going to say we they we literally kept on getting them calling in we need another register we need another register we need they literally had under under calculated how popular things were going to be and places that we put two registers in we had to add three more to yeah and wow. stores we were watching no- go by, you know, that we don't, that you don't see in any of the other stores at the time. We had never seen this and we were seeing just ridiculous. And it was like lines and, you know, there's people there still waiting to get in that first day at like three in the morning. Yeah. And they literally people went on triple time just so that they could let everybody that was in line come in and see Potter. That's crazy.
2: And and then you have the, uh, the uh, sort of, semi-individualized personalized interactive experience with uh olivander's uh one one shop and originally when it started out it was what about a 45 minute you know like thing each time but then they trimmed it down to about like 20 minutes or something yeah yeah Yeah. and so that was like a, a a they took notes from what was happening you know how long it was and stuff like that and they improved that but they still kept that personal experience you know for the the child or the adult that wanted to have that and and that's that's your that's your
0: higher higher bracket target where you know not everybody can afford to do that but there's people want to do that so you've got you have that experience and you know when they built the new site you know i wasn't there when they opened the new site i was there when they were building it yeah but Mm -hmm. but i think they i've really seen them Let's just keep our mouths shut on the woke stuff. Let's let them down the street, the guys down I four, take take uh, you know, put their foot in the mouth, constantly tripping over everything and we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna go all in and try and get people to come in. I don't think the the Nintendo thing is open in Florida yet.
1: No, it's not. Right? I think that's, it opens in has, I wanna say it opens in May, April or May, May I think. Yeah. I'm not
0: sure about that. Yeah, and that's that's down the street a little bit from it. I and think that's that going to be huge, old, um, Lockheed Martin property. That's going right. to be huge, right? Yeah,
1: and if so. that and if that actually does play into what they've got planned as far as uh, 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 a cinematic universe, Nintendo World becomes more than just Mario Park. It becomes everything in there, and it'll just oh, yeah. expand. It'll get bigger.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they're and they're just they're just and they're going and they're like, oh yeah, come on, middle class people, we want you. Yeah. Oh, can't can't afford Disney? Come on over here. Yeah. You know, or 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 you couldn't get in because you had to schedule your ticket, and you may not be able to get in at Disney if you were a pass holder. And they're like, come on down here, we'll we'll, we'll get you in. <laughs> and yeah.
2: you you made a great good, uh a great reference, uh, Death Angel, um, to it being like target pricing. You know, it's like, okay, well, the average person could afford that. I mean, of, of course, they're, they're going to have to like focus on like, hey, I want to go ahead and do this, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not going to be so much that I can't do anything else. You know, right. I can't get something else like a, a, you know, maybe a T-shirt or something like that or, or, you know, that sort of thing. So I get to have that great experience and although you know hey eh, it it was it was a little pricey but it wasn't too pricey yeah, i didn't right. feel like i was being excluded and, from the experience based
0: on and you feel like you got value for your yep. for your money and that's the important
1: thing it um, is it is All right, we will leave it there. Speaking of value for what you spend, you're not spending anything here, and and, uh, we do want to grow and get bigger, so connect with us on the social media platforms. We're on all sorts of different ones, probably too many of them, definitely too many of them. Uh, We're on uh, other video platforms as well, Odyssey, Rumble, YouTube, Twitch. We've got the Subscribestar. We've got a newsletter you can sign up for, the Discord server, which uh, Death Angels just put in the chat. Email address live from the bunker at sci fi for me.com. So uh, connect with us over there tomorrow. We have a couple of things brewing. We have, let's see here, where is it? Where is it? There is that at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. We've got Foreign Bodies, Mr. Harvey and Mrs. Walker, in here to talk more about horror that's made. Outside the U.S. and then after that good evening multiverse at 6 p.m. 5 central Uh, we're not doing a morning show tomorrow we're going to be doing an evening edition so uh, join us for that as well and of course we always invite you to uh, connect with us everywhere you want to not everywhere. Uh, certainly by that. But you can also support the channel through a membership if you uh, want to do that. We've got memberships open on both YouTube and Odyssey. So uh, lots of different ways you can support the channel, but mainly just by being here. And if you want to share the links, that's great. If you want to subscribe, that's great. If you want to join a membership, that's great. But all of that's up to you. But uh, but we'll keep doing what we're doing. Thanks very much for for continuing to show up. All of you who are regulars. Those of you who are new. Hope you can, uh, you stick around. Death Angel Shadow. Christopher Hoffman. Thanks very much for jumping into the call. And uh, we will do another open line Friday. Next Friday. In the meantime. I do want to remind you. That it is your money. Your control. You have control more than you think. So just remember that. And uh, there are four lights.
0: This has been a presentation of SciFi4Me.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be
1: retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to scifi For me Radio.